um, welcome to an Unsalted Popcorn Podcast special. It's special for a number of reasons, starting with the fact that we're not actually doing this over Skype. Uh, we're in, uh, oh, we can give them a name check, they're being nice to us. We're in Frank's Bar in Norwich. Uh, and I'm being a Ponzi vegan and having olives. And we're here to talk about wrestling films. And the reason we've done this here is because the person I'm going to speak to today is actually in the same city as me. So we, well, let's try and do this face to face and see what happens. And I'm joined by uh, standard comedian and wrestling aficionado, <laughs> Mr. Oliver Neve. Hello, sir. Hello, Colin. How are you doing? Uh, not so bad. Not so bad. Now, people who listen to both our podcasts, God bless both of you. Um, we recently talked about um, fighting with my family, the surprise smash box office success. Fighting with my family, which was went to number one, it's straight in at number one in the box office, which is absolutely amazing for a low-budget British comedy. And it got me thinking: there are oodles, oodles of boxing films. You can't throw a dumbbell there hitting a boxing film, and yet wrestling scenes remarkably underrepresented on the world cinematic stage. I think, and so I thought, what better to do? Then talk to a man who once threw himself around a ring in a tight-fitting leotard. Um, which I have to say, Mr. 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 Oliver, sir, you don't look like a wrestler. I don't. Uh, that's uh, something I've said before. That if I say I work in IT, people say, yep. And if I say I was a wrestler, they go, what, really? Yeah. I mean, what, what, what was it that drew you to uh, being thrown around the ring by bigger men than you? Um, mostly a, a bigger man than me called Bruce um, <laughs> true story um, I've, I've always been a big fan of it always been really into it and uh, the place I was working at the time hired somebody in on a sort of temporary role and the guy came in and ended up sitting behind me and it turned out he was a wrestler which looking at him you'd expect it he's about six foot three Ooh, that's wrestling yep built like a proverbial outhouse you know um, and uh, after having a chat with him for a little while he sort of said to me oh you should, you should try it you should come along and I said no, that's ridiculous. Look at me. Um, and the way he managed to get in the end, because I've done a bit of radio and I've done a bit of that sort of stuff, and obviously the stand-up side of things now. And he said, "Well, maybe you could do some MC. And if you came along, you could probably like announce the wrestlers and you know sort of stand in the ring and do the welcome to the show side of things." I said, "Yeah, that sounds all right." And he said, "Okay, they've they've told me you can do that, but only if you train to wrestle as well." Um, so I, I was slightly tricked into it um, and then found I liked it so I stuck around for a while yeah so, so to clarify that you had to train how to fight mm-hmm. just to hold a microphone that's that's how it works I think the, the money you had to pay in order to train might have had something to do with it um, and also I think they just they like to get people involved and give them a go because then if you know if you are holding a microphone and someone decides they want to pick you up and throw you around then they can yeah, that's so reasonable. Because I mean, literally, like, when you said about the fact that you were into into your wrestling and you wrestled and you do the wrestling MC stuff, I thought you look like the least likely person in the world next to me to be involved in wrestling. And then I watched fighting with my family because there's a blind guy who trained to wrestle. Yes, and went on to wrestle. Yeah. So you think, oh, well, what do I know? If he can do it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I still refuse because I guess I just don't do. I just don't do contact sports. <laughs> well, you know, if you if you fancy MC and you can always. Uh, I'm not training for a year first, <laughs> just to then go in the left corner. No, this yes, no. I'm I'm I'm, I'm good at MCing tame fighting or comedy nights as it's otherwise known. <laughs> it's almost the same thing, I think, in a way, except there's less chance of a fight breaking out in the wrestling. Um, but that kind of got me thinking. 
why is it that the wrestling world, I mean, you've got like the Rock, Hulk Hogan, who've moved into acting. Yeah. I use the term loosely in Hulk Hogan's sense. Yeah, one more successful than the other by yeah, a long way. By some distance. And the Rock is an annoyingly good screen presence. Um, but the, yeah, the, the boxing world, obviously you get the Rocky franchise, you've got Creed, you've got Raging Bull back in the day, um, is very well covered. And we all know a lot about boxing because of watching films about boxers. Why is wrestling not, for such a, an entertainment-based sport, mm. why do you think it doesn't get the same cinematic approach? I, would, I, would, I think there's two reasons, to be honest. I think the main one is that I hate to, you know, to be a spoiler and to ruin kayfabe, uh, but re- wrestling is uh, scripted, as they say. It's, it's pre-determined. No. predetermined. No, so I find that hard to believe. So it is, it is most definitely not fake, um, as many of the bruises and bumps and lumps and things that hurt when it gets cold on me will attest to. Um, but it is, it is predetermined, and so I think that's difficult to represent on screen sometimes. So with boxing, obviously, you can show it as a real fight between two people that anything can happen. Whereas if you're trying to show wrestling on the screen, you have to make that decision as to whether you're going to portray it as a legitimate fight or whether you have to actually show it as sort of a showbiz, choreographed arena. I see. I thought I'd take your point. It's very hard to script and choreograph something that's scripted and choreographed. Yes, and I think also the fact that um, you can take a boxing match and make it into something showbiz and try and make it into a story, whereas wrestling is, wrestling is from, sort of moment, from moment number one, it is already something that is showbiz, that is hyped up, that is um, exaggerated, that has the volume turned up. So it's kind of something you can't make into a story as easily because it's already a story. Oh, I see, yes, yes. You're trying to, you're trying to create a story about a story. Mm. Oh, that kind of makes sense. It's kind of like trying to write a play about a play. It's... Yeah, because one of the things I've noticed, looking, if you Google wrestling films, there are some odd ones that come up. And it made me realise that in a lot of cases, they're not necessarily actually about wrestling, because we were talking earlier about um, fighting with my family. Yeah. And that's not really a film about wrestling. It's a film about a family dynamic. Mm-hmm. They just happen to be wrestlers. And then when I Googled, some of the ones that came up were like The Wrestler, yeah. uh, Mickey Rourke actually getting nominated for an Oscar for that film. And then going on to do Iron Man 2. <clears throat> Moving on. Um, I'd forgotten this. There is another film about wrestling which actually got put up for Oscars. Hmm. Foxcatcher. Oh, yes. A different kind of wrestling, but yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And again, not really about wrestling. Although in that case, it's not really about anything. It's a really bad film. Really? I'll be honest, I haven't seen it. I saw it got great reviews and it was... um, Steve Carell? I didn't read mine. Okay. Carell's performance is interesting. Mm -hmm. But you kind of lose a sense of what the film's really trying to say or do very early on, and it never really recovers from that. Okay. And then, of course, you've got the, the classic smash family hit. I think we've all seen Nacho Libre. Uh, Jack Black at his finest. Oh, naturally. I must confess, he's one that passed me by because Jack Black was in it. Um, but the two ones, I th- I'm, I'm sure you'll have seen these two because these sound like absolutely brilliant, blinding, classic films. Uh, that's uh, Scooby-Doo Wrestlemania. Ah, yes. I, I have the DVD <laughs> and, on display. And the Jetsons in, naturally, Robo-Wrestlemania. Of course, yeah. Now, is that kind of, do you think, part of why wrestling doesn't necessarily get 
the cinematic attention it deserves that it fits better into becoming a Scooby-Doo special. Whereas you can't do a boxing special with Scooby-Doo. Yes, I think there's... I mean, obviously the intended audience has a lot to do with it. Um, wrestling has always made a great deal of money off of children, um, which is a great business model. It works really In the well. current climate, can we just clarify that sentence? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've... Um, They've marketed a lot of merchandise towards the oh, intense. Oh, phew, that's all right. They'll always come um, relax. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, I think it does have, um, there's always the issue of respectability with it, that there are those that look at it as something that's aimed at children, and sometimes it is. I mean, obviously, people like John Cena, they um, are huge stars because kids love them, and they sell lots of merchandise. To them. Who? A, probably the biggest wrestler at the moment, I guess. Okay. Who? Um, <laughs> He's, um, I think he's, he's granted like thousands and thousands of Make-A-Wish wishes is one thing he does as well, which is amazing. He's the world record holder for the most Make-A-Wish um, oh, visits ever. That's amazing. Who is he? <laughs> so he is a man who um, my friend has described as looking like a condom full of walnuts, if that helps. <laughs> so, <laughs> Visually, yes. yes. I can picture exactly what they're talking about. So he is unbelievably huge. Um, and a very charismatic guy as well. And I think, obviously you talked about The Rock being a huge star in films. Mm. I think he might not reach the same level, but I think he's on his way to being a big star. He's been right. in a Transformers film recently and a few others, and he's really starting well, to Well, you've got to start somewhere. You have. Uh, he's slowly increasing his profile, and I honestly think he'll do pretty well quite soon as well. Some stuff. I was really excited. Because it has been said, it is part of the reason... I'm just going to keep now posing questions up to my podcast get podcast guest to stop him eating the meat. Um, we keep going until he gets cold. That poor chicken, suffer. Anyway, um, I can pick up the leaves. That's, that's fine. <laughs> he focuses on the spinach. Okay. Um, it's part of the reason the Rock has perhaps taken to acting so well is because there's a certain level of showbiz and acting within wrestling itself. Definitely, I've um, I've heard a lot of folks say that um, some of the, re- the wrestlers went into acting. That it's kind of almost like a boot camp for acting. That he teaches you everything you need to know in terms of how to react, how to get reactions across, and how to deal with unexpected kind of circumstances, how to improvise as well. That there are so many skills for actors that are already in the world of wrestling that they can pick up. Okay. Uh, there's also been a lot of actors who go as like guest stars in wrestling. Um, I think Hugh Jackman is a massive wrestling fan and has done some appearances on there a couple of times. Oh, wow. And he said that he respects the wrestlers for how they are able to cope in that environment because he found it, as an actor, quite difficult. Um, and there are a lot of actors who are very good actors who've appeared on wrestling, Mickey Rourke being one. Yep. And well, he boxed for a few years. He did, yeah. Yeah. yeah but they uh, have gone and appeared on wrestling shows and have come across very badly. Um, so I think it's it's one of those areas where the skill set isn't truly appreciated. I think because because people look at it and go kind of oh it's it's you know it's, it's not real and that sort of thing. And it's like people look at it as something that's trying to be something it isn't, rather than for what it actually is, which is a very difficult athletic and acting. That's a, yeah, that's an interesting point because I think it's one of the reasons why I've never. I mean, I'm not massively drawn to contact sports where the idea is to beat someone else up anyway. Mm. I've managed to get 40-odd years into this world without being in a fight, and I intend, don't intend to break that record anytime soon. <laughs> you always got the sense that it was pantomime over an actual sport. And I know it is a sport, because watching fighting my family has taught me that they have to be able to throw punches and connect just enough yeah. without actually doing too much damage. Yeah. And even though some people apparently do spend their time 
landing on their back on a bed full of drawing pins. Yeah, yeah, that happens. Yeah, or the absolutely brilliant bit in wrestling and in fighting with my family with the volleyball. But it is actually, it, they remind me a little bit, weirdly, of Kiss. Okay. In that it's more about the show yep. than what you think should be going on. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Kiss went through a period where they ditched the makeup and they just played the songs. And no one cared. Not so much. <laughs> Turned out they weren't that good. But stick stack heels and some face paint on, mm-hmm. and suddenly Christine 16 doesn't sound sleazy. It sounds great. <laughs> it is. Um, I mean, it's. There's no doubt of the fact that it's. It is a showbiz world, and it is a world of exaggerated and um, sort of over the top personalities and all that sort of thing. Um, I mean, it probably is worth saying in terms of the, the actual violence side of things, and you're saying like people pulling the punches and that sort of things. Um, just because uh, someone has said to you, you're going to win this one, and you're going to win it in this length of time, doesn't mean that before that, they won't actually hit you. Uh, that's something I've, I have found, that uh, especially if that person doesn't like you, <laughs> they have license to, to hit you as hard as they want until the end. As long as they do the right thing at the end, they're usually pretty golden. Well, but that's a good point, because if you don't like your co-star in mm-hmm. a film, mm-hmm. the worst that might happen is the scene won't have quite the right chemistry. Yeah. Or you just don't talk to someone for six months while you're on the same film. Mm-hmm. If the person you're supposed to be, and I don't mean this in a derogatory sense, fake fighting with. I didn't mean that in the derogatory sense, just using it as a generic term. Doesn't like you. There's a very real sense, real, real danger, like you said, that the pulling of the punches won't be happening. Within it, they can't kind of admit how much of it is, uh, how much of it is real, how much of it isn't, and that means that uh, within matches, if someone gets hit very hard with a very real object, the people watching it will say, "Well, that's clearly not real," and they've clearly know how to take it. And rather than say, "No, you're wrong. That was real." They have to kind of say, well, you know, that's uh, up to you what you believe and what you don't believe. So it's by not admitting what is and isn't real, people assume everything's not real. Yeah. And a lot of the times it really, really is real. <laughs> very, very real. Is that then perhaps part of the problem with trying to portray wrestling in film, in that the real story would be what goes on behind the scenes? Yeah. Behind, behind the curtain, if you will. Yeah, yeah. But that's the story they don't want to tell. A little bit, yeah. I mean, like we were saying, it's, it is showbiz outside in front of the curtain, but um, I think the real story a lot of the time is the people who do it, who are doing it, and why they're doing it. Um, a little bit of self-promotion. I did a, a, a ten-minute... Um, self-promotion? On a podcast? Who never thought of things? Um, I did a, a, we're not about that, my friend. <laughs> I did a, 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 a ten-minute piece for uh, Radio Norfolk recently about a company that I used to do wrestling commentary for. Um, and that was, that was the angle that we ended up taking, was just speaking to the wrestlers who were there and saying to them, how did you, you, know, how did you start doing this and why do you do it? What motivates you? And that is often the most interesting part of it, I think, because, like I say, in the ring, the story is told. You can't really take it from another angle and yeah. give more detail because it's there. But to talk about why they do it and how they do it and how that came to be is often a more interesting story. Ah, so that, that then makes it quite interesting because to tell that story, you have to know who the person is that you're talking about, mm-hmm. whose story you're telling. So they have to be of a certain level 
of fame to be of interest to the wider public. I mean, obviously, that's the thing with fighting with my family is I shockingly didn't know how big a WWE star page was. Yeah, she was um, huge. She had a, a massive version of her face on the side of the O2 a few years ago. So she's doing all right. She's doing all right. You know, if, if that doesn't say you've arrived, nothing does. <laughs> she needed that level of fame in the ring. Yeah. Oh, there's you. You eat your egg. Don't mind the chicken. <laughs> um, she needs that level of fame for people to want to talk about the story. There is that. I mean, obviously, you mentioned the wrestler. That's another film that did very well. Um, and that wasn't even obviously it wasn't a real wrestler. It was uh, a character that had been created. I think. Hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We now have fake characters in wrestling. Oh, this is just amazing. getting bizarre. <laughs> but I think if um, if you can get a character that you want to get behind enough. Um, and that you can tell their story enough. It's, it's kind of always interesting. Obviously, you have the, a bit of the star power with someone who's already recognised will help get people to the door. But I think just the, the story itself is, is often interesting enough. Well, this is the thing then, with someone like, say, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, yeah. who's done very well in having that split life now, yeah. but he's no longer known just as The Rock. Mm-hmm. So he's managed to sort of step out from that shadow. A little bit. Yeah, Dwayne, The Rock Johnson. Yeah, I know. Still, it's still in it's there. Still in there. Just... Yeah, it's still in there, but he's, he's now known as Dwayne Johnson and also known as The Rock. Yeah. But obviously he doesn't feel the need to tell his story because he's already appearing in films. And weirdly, actually, in Fighting With My Family, he is playing himself. And he plays himself really well. He does, Which yeah. is not actually, it's actually harder than it sounds. If, as a wrestler, you hit a certain level of fame where perhaps people will want to know your story, mm-hmm. you don't want to tell that story because you're busy being your new level of fame. It often depends on the wrestler. There are some people who love wrestling and are all about it and want to be in it forever. And there are some people who um, sometimes, even though they love wrestling and they uh, want to be part of it, they are aware of the perception of it outside of wrestling. Yes. So it's something that I've, I've heard in conversations so many times that that wrestling is it is difficult. And it is what you said about the rock playing himself. He always did kind of play himself. And most of the best wrestlers mm. are people who are their own personality, it's so similar to stand-up comedy, but their own personality turned up and sort of given a bit of a boost, you know? Stand-up comedians have personalities? Uh, well, they, yeah, they boost their own to something that's recognisable, maybe. I, don't <laughs> I must try that. <laughs> it means that um, they realise that Hollywood would look at um, sort of the world of wrestling and kind of go, <laughs> it's just wrestling, and not really appreciate um, how skilled some of those people are. So I think a lot of the time it's kind of playing off other people's prejudices and sort of saying, yeah. I'll keep quiet about this side and push the other because they might hold it against me. Because it's interesting, like, I mean, rock biopics are all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, Motley Crue's The Dirt is coming out on Netflix. I guess part of the wrestling thing is the mystique, isn't it? And it's very hard to tell a story that maintains that mystique when the real drama is somewhere underneath. And also, actually, another thought just crossed my mind. How, because obviously in filming, you have take after take after take. And if you're recreating a boxing match that's quite easy to do because you can just repeat the punch three or four times and film it from different angles but you're punching quite softly I mean you made it look hard but you're not aiming to punch the guy in the face it's very hard oh look at that he delicately puts his thin knife and fork down so as not to make noise forgetting that there are people talking very very loudly right behind us Yes, yeah, so the boxing thing I think is quite easy to stage, but it must be really quite arduous and physically exhausting if you have to reshoot a body slam four, five, six times. 
Yeah. I mean, depends how far down the uh, wrestling fan route you want me to go. Um, the door is open, my friend. <laughs> Scurry on. In the sort of 70s and 80s, there were wrestlers who would go out and have um, hour-long matches every night. Um, Ric Flair's probably the most famous one. Oh, I've heard of him. There you go. Uh, Ric Flair, very popular with the rap community, which is strange. There's Weird, actually, okay. Actually a song called The Ric Flair Drip, which did quite well in the American charts recently. No idea. Um, I don't want to know, that's too much information. <laughs> so there's uh, Ric Flair and certainly uh, Ricky Steamboat was a, a chap who, not as famous, which is a travesty because really those two made each other. Um, but they would have, yeah, they would have hour-long matches every night of the week and they'd sort of have an hour-long match where they would take tremendous punishment, get in the car, drive to the next village or the next town, whatever, get out, have an hour-long match, get in the car, drive, sometimes two or three a day. And so I, I think in, it's one of those, another one of those things that isn't appreciated about wrestling. They say, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's not that bad and you're not really hurting each other. And a lot of times they were. And they just kind of had this image of being a tough guy, so they carried on going and kept moving, you know? That actually makes it sound madder than doing stand-up comedy. <laughs> it, there are a lot of similarities. Because we, if I drive from venue to venue over the course of a week, A, I've probably gone home first, and B, no one, as long as it's gone well, no one is throwing me to the floor and jumping on top of me. <laughs> Well, mm. I mean, there was that gig in Yama. We don't talk about that. <laughs> but there must be a real zeal and drive and passion to want to go through that night after night after night. I, I wonder who's going to listen to this. Um, I think you have to be slightly bonkers to be a wrestler. Uh, and I think most wrestlers would sort of agree with that, to be honest, and say, yeah, that's, that's kind of fair. Mm. Um, you have to care about it so much and be so, so invested in it and dedicated to it that you are prepared to, to put yourself through a lot of punishment. There's certainly, I think, obviously the, the image, that you talk to the, the layman about wrestling, you talk to anyone about wrestling, and they'll kind of say, oh, well, they know how to take the punches, they know how to take the falls, and they don't really get hurt. Um, but if you, sp- if you see actual wrestlers or speak to actual wrestlers, certainly the ones who are doing it for a living, um, you'll find that the vast majority wake up quite sore and find it difficult to move most mm. mornings. And they will kind of shuffle their way to where they need to be and then step through the curtain, that adrenaline hits, and they stand up straight and go and take the lumps again. It's not true to me. I think there are two characters whose film films I would love to see. I would love to see their story told. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it would translate. Because obviously Fighting My Family has got the in of WWE in America. Yes. Yep. So it's, it's got a, a foot in both camps. Yep. Yeah, that's WWE Studios and Film 4, isn't it? So it's yeah. produced by two separate sides. Yeah. yeah. But there are two people from over here yeah. who are icons of wrestling. Okay. But I don't think America would get on board with because that's one of the world, they didn't look like wrestlers. I think I know where this is going. And that's Giant Haystacks and Big Daddy. There you go. I mean, that, they're stories that need to be told, surely. Um, I think Big Daddy would be a, a fascinating story, to be honest. If, if Film 4 did a little sort of... Because he's Shirley, Shirley Crabtree, isn't he? That's the one. Yes. Yes, Crabtree Productions and all that. Um, <laughs> I think it was, his brother was the, the guy who ran the show, and that was how he ended up kind of getting involved, and obviously became a, a huge star. And In that, every sense. <laughs> yeah, and again, it shows you just how far the showbiz takes you. So I think there's two sides to wrestling. There is the character side and the, uh, the talking side and the sort of personality side and also the athletic and wrestling side. And it shows you which one of those is often more important. Yes. You can have someone who's a fantastic wrestler, but if they can't talk on the mic and they don't have that connection with, with the audience, they won't get as far as someone who has a connection but can't do much in the actual ring. It's kind of a weird... Those two there, especially, are weirdly, uniquely British icons. 
Yeah, and they wouldn't work anywhere else. No, no other country in the world would stick Big Daddy in a blue onesie and stick him on stage. A tight-fitting, one should add. Very tight. Far too tight-fitting. Well, Jeff Cakes looked... Well, not Jeff Cakes, Giant Haystacks. They are different people, aren't they? I believe so, yes. They're big and they've got beards. They all look the same to me. Um, He looked more fighting. Yeah. Whereas Big Daddy didn't look like he moved much. No. I think I think it was part of his appeal that he was the everyman, that he was the guy in the crowd, that they could completely identify with him because oh, that was them, you know. <laughs> so you're calling wrestling British wrestling fans from the eighties fat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were, they were a few. For the right money, I can get his address, don't I? <laughs> but yeah, that's a weird dynamic because I think it shows again the different approaches. And we talked about this on Lobbycast about how, in Finding My Family, Stephen Merchant melded the British claustrophobic type, slightly muted colouring uh, of the British kitchen sink drama kind of style of films. Yep. And when they move the action to America, it suddenly becomes very much an American film because it suddenly becomes huge and sweeping panoramic views and bright colours and loud. Glossy and shiny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It adds the gloss for those scenes. And I think that blended really well, but it also, I think, really highlighted the different approaches, the two different sides of the Atlantic take. Yes. That America, I mean, Britain could never come up with Kiss. They had Wizard. <laughs> yes, that's true. And Slade. Allegedly, where Kiss got the idea for makeup. Allegedly. Yeah, well, that wouldn't surprise me because Gene Dundon had the original idea in his head. I'm still getting through my bread. Thank you very much. No idea what his name is. He's a lovely chap. Um, it's a weirdly. It's, it's kind of that British thing of loving the underdog, I think. Absolutely. America wants heroes. Mm-hmm. We don't trust yes, heroes. Nope. And if they reach a certain point, we like to knock them down. Oh, yeah, because you're not allowed to be a... Oh, no. No. I mean, regardless of your views on his politics and his comedy, Wicked Gervais is a fine example of that. That yeah. when he came up... When he was this kind of sort of weirdly sarcastic, annoying character that was a bolt-on to other shows, people kind of tolerated him. When The Office was huge, everyone thought that was brilliant because no one had seen The Office before. And then he went off to Hollywood and everyone went, well, he could start off then. Yep. And I think we do that far too much. Whereas, and maybe that's why wrestling doesn't work as a movie subject. Because wrestling is all about celebrating the hero. But you've got, for it, for it to work as a narrative in a film, you've got to go on a journey. Yeah, I think. And no, no one wants to see Kiss putting their makeup on. No, true. You want them already there. You just want them already there, singing their terrible songs for two hours, <laughs> and going home. And I say this to someone who owns at least half their back catalogue. I'm not proud of this, but it's true. Great band. Weirdly, <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is what I can't quite get my head round. I. It's about the package, isn't it? It's about it the is. whole package. And it's like, the same around I think there's weird. There is a weird melding between the two, isn't there? Because it's about the show, the complete thing. And as they proved on Kiss Unplugged, 
Yeah. Those songs don't work quite so well acoustically. Yeah, that's, yeah. You know, when, the, once you expose the, uh, yeah. the songmanship. This is it. I yeah. mean, they haven't at any point written their own. I mean, Beth is the one that everyone talks about. Well, they've never got close to writing A Stairway to Heaven. Not that many bands have, but most bands, I mean, Metallica have got one. You know, Guns N' Roses have got arguably Estranged and Coma. They're big, sweeping, epic songs that kind of define them as a band. I was going to say November Rain, but I can't stand that song now. I just, no, it's just, it's been played too much. Um, even Patience, to a certain extent, if you want to go down a slightly more low-key route. If you want, if you like your whistling, yeah. Then you're, well, <laughs> um, oh, it's a dog. No. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think maybe wrestling is something you can't deconstruct. Hmm. Um, I think it's far more difficult to deconstruct. I think it's the problem with wrestling. I think in terms of what people, when people want to make documentaries, when people want to make films, when people want to look at it, is about what angle to approach it from. Um, because there are the two sides to it. There's the, the backstage realism of it, what's going on behind the scenes, and there's also what's going on in the ring. Mm. I think that that split, no one is quite sure how to straddle that fence, in a sense. As to, do you go at it as though You it's, don't want to straddle the fence and, the fence and I put those pair of hot pants. That's not going to go well. Splinters are plenty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but it's, it's a matter of, like, do you go full-on entertainment and treat it as though it is 100% sport, or do you go on the other side of it and take it for the realism and look at the other side of it as to what's involved in actually getting there and what's going on behind the scenes? And I think this is the, one of the few things... This film and, you know, Fighting with, with My Family and The Wrestler, yeah. the two that I've seen that have managed to keep that balance without it seeming like it's... Uh, either being patronising to wrestling fans sometimes yep. or looking like it's trying to uh, find give outsiders a world they don't understand and push something under folks they're not interested in I think you do have to have those two sides and find a way to balance it I think that's that's why people feel uh, unsure about doing wrestling because with boxing all you have to do is show someone who wants to fight and then there's the fight yep. whereas wrestling not so much and maybe you shout someone's name at a key moment Absolutely. I run up and down some steps. You never see wrestlers running up and down steps. I, I have done, but you know me. I've watched tons of the stuff. You, you never see him punch big bits of meat, though, which I'm assuming would be for you. That's just well. I, I, I'm going to say that's not necessarily a negative. Okay. <laughs> I'm on board with people not punching big bits, big bits of meat. I mean, that's that's absolutely fine. I think that's that's, that's to be applauded in many ways. That is, I, I'm going off on standing again, but that is one thing I tend to find that if you have a wrestler in a film, there will always, almost always, be a wrestling scene, and it's it's not always needed. There's, there's a, um, I'm such a geek. There is an episode of Star Trek that has The Rock in it, and no, he he sort of stars as like a you know an, an alien warrior. It's very odd to see that world, and yet in it he's still doing his eye, you know, the eyebrow, and he's doing all his moves, and it's like you could have just had him play another character. You don't have to no. have him wrestle. Coming back to what we were saying a bit earlier, actually, in terms of The Rock and how successful he's been, there is, um, there's another wrestler who's doing very well. Really. Um, so you being a Marvel fan, you know Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm aware of this. I have, I've heard tell of the story, yeah, but I believe it's quite a good film. Apparently. Brilliant. Um, you, know, you know Drax, Drax the Destroyer? Yes. He is played by Batista, who is a wrestler. No. A very successful wrestler. And he's he was, really funny. He's, he's great. He's actually a genuinely good actor. Yeah, he's brilliant. And he was, um, he was asked about The Rock recently. 
and sort of what he felt about him. And he said, well, he's not an actor, which is shocking. That's fighting talk right there. But, uh, but he did say, uh, which I thought was a really good point, that he said he was always um, sort of not exactly a wrestler either, but he was showbiz from day one. That when he came in, the reason he's done so well in both areas is because he was like a showbiz figure. He was a nice uh, character mm. who happened to be wrestling rather than being a wrestler. So his theory is he's saying he's this larger life character who can do other things, whether it's wrestling or acting, and it just works because he is, he is just is. He's just that character full stop, isn't he? Yeah. That's a really good point. I didn't realise I, I Drax was a wrestler. Yeah. Um, so that, this is in no way film-related, but I'm now curious. You're talking about the start of the British scene at the moment. How does the British scene now compared to obviously we're all familiar with WWE because Sky have got it on 24-7 yep my girlfriend discovering that was oh. is she subscribed to the network she, she, could she not <laughs> I've already lost several days viewing where she discovered it was all over one of the Sky Sports channels um, but how does the how does the British scene now compared to WWE or also compared to the British scene I'm using air quotes at that point of the 1980s that we all grew up so fondly watching uh, it's a, a different world. It's the, the, actually the British scene, wrestling-wise, is like internationally big yeah. right now. It's oh, doing wow. really well. Oh, fantastic! Uh, there's a company in uh, London called Progress. Yeah, and they are just um, brilliant, to be honest. Uh, and they've kind of increased the global attention to it, mostly because most of the guys that they championed have now gone to WWE and have been used by them, and so that's brought attention to them. Um, so it's it's doing really well. Obviously, I should mention, we talked about fighting with my family. We do have WAW here in Norwich as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They're doing very well. There is uh, a, a little company called DOA that I do commentary for as well, who are doing quite well around here. Um, but they're all playing into this... I hear their commentators really funny. Uh, I wouldn't say funny. <laughs> It's all, it's all about the wrestling, it's all about what goes on in the ring, and in U- the UK at the moment, it is still regarded as some of the absolute best in the world. Oh, fantastic. Um, which is, it's a different style, the UK style is very technical, very sort of hole-based, submission-based, Yeah. and uh, it's kind of recently melded with what you have in Japan, which is known as strong style, and so Japan's strong style, worth looking up if you're interested, uh, if you like people hitting each other quite hard. That's that's how that works. Do I give them any indication so far to this that I might be interested? <laughs> Good impression. I, I, I didn't know if something could betray. Not really, but you, you, know, you might be interested to go on that But no, it's, it's, uh, they've now got this thing called. Uh, there's a group in, in British wrestling called British Strong Style, and their whole thing is about this kind of mixture of submission and hard hitting, and they've kind of developed their own style, which yeah. is different from the American style. Okay, really that sounds pretty hard. cool. Because it's interesting, actually, there is a weird crossover with wrestling and comedy. There is, yeah. Because a friend of mine, Rob Haldon, a comedy writer, he does emceeing and comedy and wrestling work. And the hilarious, one of my favourite comedians, a guy called Jim Smallman, Yes, he is the guy behind Progress. He's behind Progress, that's he the name is. of his company. Oh, yeah, fantastic, because yeah. he's just written his first book. Yes. It's about the history of British wrestling. It's called uh, I'm Sorry I Love You, I think yes, it's called. Yes, that's there you it, go. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's an amazingly funny guy. He's one of the most natural, gifted comedians I've ever seen. And he just wandered off and went on with a wrestling company, and he's gone and been a huge success. Yes, no, that is that is Progress, and it's 
I hate him. I've never met the guy, but I hate to sort of blow smoke up him. Um, I'll do because uh, he's a lovely bloke. Oh, there you go. Genuinely nice guy. But I, a massive part of the success of the company is, is down to him because he is the MC and he comes out and develops an atmosphere, a friendly, inclusive atmosphere that has sort of created a groundswell sounds a bit strong but certainly a community behind it that yeah. are fiercely dedicated to it because it feels like a communal atmosphere and like a group of friends and that is a massive part of his success well he had to go and be successful twice didn't he <laughs> well no he is he's, he's an absolutely lovely guy and it's great to hear how well that's doing because actually um, again going back and forth over all this talking about KISS um, they now have a wrestling tent at download every yes, year. Yes, they do, yeah. yeah. And every year we have to go and watch a bit of it. <laughs> yeah, well, good. I say we. I just park her there and I go and see a band. But <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think that's an ex... It started off as progress. So it was Jim and his yeah. bunch. And that uh, essentially said, well, why don't we do it here? And then WWE said, well, that seems to work. We'll have that. Oh. So uh, they have been, to be able to be fair, they're working very closely with him. So I wouldn't be surprised if Progress had got them through the door, yeah. set up. Or, but yeah, it's now NXT. It was NXT. It's now NXT UK. So it's now all the, the UK. I mean, there are a lot of letters involved. Yeah, t- too many probably. Yeah, but uh, it's, it's always every single fight. It's always rammed at that tape. Yeah, it's, I've had difficulty getting in when I went there. So yeah, yeah it's it's, a, it's it's worth it there if you get in. It's a good show. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> well, my, my girlfriend, not a wrestling fan, but she came away from it saying, I liked that, that was great. Yeah. So, no, I, 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 have, I have watched little bits of it when there was nothing better to do, and it was quite fun. Unfortunately, this year, I, I do have to um, maintain my street cred and spend Friday evening in the company of Tesla, Whitesnake, and Def Leppard. I see. Yeah, no one ever said I was cool. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well... It's been, it's been an absolute delight. If there was one one film about wrestling, <laughs> I think I know what the answer's going to be, but if there was one film about wrestling that you said just completely encapsulated what it was really about, the best film about wrestling, that someone could go to and go, oh my God, they've really captured this and it's brilliant. Which one film would you give people? Uh, Mr. Nanny. It's got to be Mr. Nanny, isn't it? I mean, I'm, 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 I'm surprised you went for anything else, frankly. <laughs> it's... It's difficult because it would have been the wrestler. Yeah. I definitely would say the wrestler does capture it really well and presents it really well. But having seen fighting with my family, that's it's a close, close drawn race. It's a bit almost a tie between the two, I'd say. Okay, I'm I'm gutted that the Jetsons and Scooby didn't get a look in, but <laughs> let me fly the flag to the underdog and the under Jetson. Um, Oliver, it's been an absolute delight. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, that's been Unsalted Popcorn. Initially talking about wrestling films, and then it all got weird. Um, we'll be back next month with something else. Thank you. So so much. Take care. Bye.